Aren't we, are you enjoying the verse for the year? Yeah. 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 It, what? Aid, it was inspired. Where, where's that? Oh, there you are. It was insp- it's inspired, I believe. And we're seeing all sorts of things go through. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, when Aid uh, introduced the verse um, to us, and then he did that first introductory talk, and then Matt did a talk a couple of weeks ago. I wasn't here, I didn't hear it, but I listened to it um, on our website this week. And uh, Matt said, yeah, with all these things, we've got to have honesty. And he said, in all honesty, he was glad he didn't get to preach on self-discipline. <laughs> Amen, brother! <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I had asked me to preach on love, and I thought, oh, that's great. That's the, that's, that's the easy one. I thought, you know, the great classic scriptures, we all have a nice gooey feeling inside, spot on, I can do that. Lots of scriptures about God's love for us and that. But, actually, this verse isn't about that at all. Well, it, it all links in, obviously. But this verse is a real challenge. It's pointing us to the fact that the Holy Spirit should be producing in us fearlessness, power, Love and self-discipline. That's not a gooey feeling, I don't think. I think that's challenging. It's pointing us to the fact that even our very spirits should reflect these qualities and gifts. And that's a challenge for every single one of us, I believe. If you read that verse quickly, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline, it sounds like it should just happen. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? Unfortunately, just before that verse, Paul says to Timothy, fan into flames the gift that you've been given. And do you know what? To see these things that work in our lives, it's a partnership between us and the Holy Spirit. And whenever I talk about a partnership between us and the Holy Spirit, I do like to remind people we're the junior partner. Okay? But there is still a place that we have to work at it. We have to be open. It doesn't all happen automatically. When we receive the Holy Spirit, these gifts, these attributes, these fruits, Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, doesn't it? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. All that tend, uh, self-control, that's in there as well. All that tends towards a true Christian living. But we need to fan these things into flame. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, to bring these attributes so that they are part of our daily living. I talk about, when I talk about the Galatians 5 list there, but it's equally true here, with the fearlessness, love, power, self-discipline. I talk about them as a plumb line, or I like this one, a spirit level. A spirit level, yeah, okay. <laughs> if you want to gauge how your spiritual life is, measure it up against these things. Measure it up against the love, the joy, the peace, the power, the kindness, the goodness, the self-discipline that the Holy Spirit can inspire in our lives. And you will know very quickly the state of your spiritual life. Now, most of us, particularly if we've knocked around church for a few years, are pretty good at pretending. And you can show to others 
the right face outside. I know I can, I'm quite a good actor. And I can pretend that everything's all right. But we know inside, don't we? I know when I'm walking close to God and when I'm not. Even if you may not see the difference from here. And I know because I can measure it up against these things. This verse is about how we react, behave, interact with others. How does it manifest in our daily lives? How do we reflect the love that the Holy Spirit has given us? That's what this verse is about. So it's a real challenge to our everyday living. It's not only a challenge to our everyday living, it's a challenge to our every hour living, it's a challenge to our every minute living, I think. I did, <laughs> when I listened to Matt, when I listened to your preach from two weeks ago, wasn't it? Um, I did think I could just stand up and say, everything Matt said last week about power, take love, ditto, thanks very much, and sit down. <laughs> because actually, it's the same thing in many ways. We need to allow God to work through us. Sue and I have just been on holiday, and uh, whilst we were on holiday, um, one of the waitresses in one of the restaurants we used to use, we got to know quite well. Her name's Catherine. She's a lovely, lovely lady. And she told us, she told Sue in particular, you'll probably correct me here, because I might have got a few of the details wrong, but she told us part of her testimony, because she turned out to be a Christian. And she told us about how she'd been seriously, seriously ill, is that right? Um and was on death's door, literally, and had quite a miraculous healing, but it took a long time, and she needed 24-hour care. Now, in the poor parts of Jamaica, that's not so easy to come by. But her pastor and his wife took Catherine into their house, and they cared for her, and they prayed for her, and they nursed her until she was better. That's love in action. As a consequence of what that pastor and his wife did, Catherine's husband saw the love of God at work and became a Christian. That's love in action. Oh, that we can find those things that God has got for us in that way, eh? Now, in order to understand what this love is about, we do need to go back to some of those classic verses. Some of those ones I was teasing about earlier. We need to go back and look at the love of the God the Father, the love of Jesus and the love of the Holy Spirit. And they are, they're classic verses, aren't they? John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son who is, that so whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, isn't that great? Isn't that lovely? 1 John 3 verse 1 how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Wow, that's nice. 1 John 3.16 This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Amazing. 1 John 4 verses 9 and 10 This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Ah, oh, lovely, fantastic verses. They're not actually gooey verses, though. Because when you look at what those verses are saying, it's talking about 
This is a God type of love. This is sacrificial. This is loving when it hurts. This is loving when there's pain. This is loving when you'd rather not love. This isn't gooey. This is a man's type of love. <laughs> I don't mean that, ladies. Sorry. That was a bit sexist, wasn't it? I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> but it's not, it's not a gooey type of love. It's a painful, sacrificial love. It's a God type of love. It's a love that we've got to ask ourselves, do we have that sacrificial love? Are we capable of living sacrificially? More importantly, are we prepared to allow the Holy Spirit to move in our lives, to fan into flames the gift of love that's going to make a difference in this world? You know, folks, I've got two beautiful little granddaughters. I love them dearly. And I look at them sometimes and I think, I'd go to the wall for them. I would give everything for them. But I don't think that about everybody else, necessarily. <laughs> I think about my granddaughters, I think about Sue. But a sacrificial love. A love that will give and give and give. And when you've got no more to give, give again. And the, the challenge from the love part of this verse, but the challenge from this verse overall, is will we allow God, through his Holy Spirit, to, to bring that type of love into our lives. Can, can we have the spirit of love manifested in us so that when we look at that spirit level of plumb line against our lives, we can see God at work? It's a challenge. This isn't a gooey thing at all. So how are we going to see this love at work in our lives? I think there's three ways, really. There's probably lots more, but in my simple mind, I've got it down to three. One is love for God. John 14, verse 15 says this. If you love me, you will obey what I command. Oh, blow! <laughs> if you love me, you will obey what I command. Well, I might as well give up now. Because obeying what God's command ain't easy. You know, living by God's ways is beyond man. That's why Jesus died, actually. But I'm so pleased to say that that verse doesn't stop there. It goes on and says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. So it's through the Holy Spirit that we can show our love for God by obeying his commands. We need the Spirit's help. If we allow the Holy Spirit free reign in our lives then our love for God, and get hold of this, our love for God will modify our behaviour. That's interesting. The, the, some of you will have heard me use this example before. Um, but I think it, it sort of highlights it. It's not a perfect example, but it does highlight it. Um, you may be aware that I'm quite keen on cricket. Some of you are aware that I'm very keen on cricket. When Sue and I moved to Basingstoke at the, around the year 2000, we got our son into the Basingstoke Cricket Club as one of the Colts under-13s, lovely. Um, and I used to be a good dad, go along, stand on the boundary rope with a pint and watch it. 
And then somebody, one day somebody said to me, hey Pete, do you fancy a game? And I hadn't played since I was a teenager. And I said, cool, yeah, I'll have a go. And I went on to play for Basingstoke for 10 years. Um, it is quite a joy when you score your one and only ever century at the age of 47, that's quite nice. <laughs> and I loved my playing cricket. Sadly, Sue was known as a cricket widow because Jamie and I both ended up playing in the same team. And uh, we'd go off on a Saturday about 12 o'clock and sometimes not get back till 10 o'clock at night. So it was a real sacrifice for Sue as a cricket widow, really. Um, but I loved it. Oh, did I love it. And then after a couple of years, they said to me one day, oh, we're a bit short for one of the Sunday teams. Could you come and play? And I thought, oh, yeah, it's just the once. If I take my cricket bag to church, I can slip off a bit quick and uh, it'll be all right. So I went and played Saturday and Sunday. And then they said, oh, we'll play next week, next week, next week. And I realised that I was stealing time from my family to go and play cricket. Now, there's nothing wrong with playing cricket. I know some of you would disagree with that, but it is true. There is nothing wrong with playing cricket. And I carried on playing on a Saturday. But I realised, because of my love for my family, I was stealing the whole weekend from them. And I stopped playing on a Sunday. I modified my behaviour because of my love for my family. Does that make sense? And if the Holy Spirit is given free reign in our lives we will modify our behaviour because of God's love for us and how we want to express our love for God. Um, in Ezekiel's prophecy, it's Ezekiel 36, I think, um, he, uh, a prophecy about the coming of the Holy Spirit one day. He says, and he talks about, I will take from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And then he goes on and says, I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Whoa. So, if you love me, you will obey what I command. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. It's the Holy Spirit at work in us that allows that love to be expressed. When the Holy Spirit moves in us, we will do things God's way not because we must, or we should, or we ought to, but because it is a natural extension of our lives. Do you see what I mean about a, a plumb line or a spirit line? Yeah, to measure it up. So one way that this love is going to be manifest is our love for God. In another way, it's going to be our love for one another. And church, I'm going to say this to you. I think love manifested amongst each other in this church is magnificent. I've never felt so loved in a church as I do in this one. And I think that is remarkable. But it's something we need to keep on and keep on reminding ourselves. In 1 John 4, I'm just going to read you a little bit. 1 John 4 verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. You can go on. You, you, if you want to read on 
Love, go to one John, it's amazing. I mean, it's all over the Bible, obviously, but one John is amazing. I could go on from there. But just keep, keep being open to loving one another. It's easy to love some people in the church. It's not always so easy to love everybody in the church. So the ones you rub up against a bit, ask God to give you a special love for them. The ones you think, oh, boy, what is he on about? Ask God to give you a special love for them. Yeah? Are you with me still? Pardon? <laughs> John 13, verse 34 and 35. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So the second way that this love is going to be manifest in us, both individually and corporately, is by loving one another. So go out of your way to tell somebody you love them. So go out of your way to tell somebody they're fantastic. It usually makes their day, by the way, if you do that. The third way that this love is going to be manifest in our lives is a love for the lost. We know God does that, don't we? We know God loves the lost. Romans 5.8 For God demonstrated his love for us in this. Whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I'm going to say that again. For God demonstrated his love for us in this. Whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God has demonstrated the depth of love for the lost. By the way, that verse revolutionised the ministry of D.L. Moody. Because he had a view that most of us might. We wouldn't say that we have it, but it sort of gets ingrained in us somewhere along the line. And you behave as if God loves people once they stop sinning. Yeah. And when D.L. Moody realised that God loves us whilst we were still sinners, that revolutionised his ministry and he went on to lead thousands and thousands and thousands. Before that, when people came to God, he thought that's when God started loving them. And it brought thousands and thousands and thousands into the kingdom. Um, I, there's a book, uh, Moody Without Sankey, I think it is, that tells this story. Um, and it's a, a remarkable thing. Um, it's a sacrificial love for the lost. So much so, I mean, God's demonstration of this, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says that God's heart is that none should perish. That's how much God loves the lost. That none should perish. So when we have a heart for a loss, are we prepared to receive sinners? Are we prepared to eat with them? Are we prepared to weep with them, to cry with them? One feature of revival is often an overwhelming burden for the lost. Amen. Do we have that? It's a challenge, isn't it? When I left CWR to go and work with the chapter in Dartmoor in 2005, CWR, I did that for a year, CWR presented me with a cake, and it had um, iced on it very beautifully, some words from Psalm 126, and it says this, those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. 
He who goes out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. Now, why did they give me that cake? They, They did that because I was known as somebody who was passionate about the lost. And indeed, was quite often in tears when praying or talking about the lost. Now, I tell that story not to puff myself up, but because I was pulled up short just before Christmas when Polly, you and I were talking. And I realised I cannot remember the last time that I wept for the lost. And that really pulled me up short. We need to allow the Holy Spirit love for the lost to permeate our very beings. You know, in our own lives, in our mission communities, We're doing great, great work in our mission communities, guys. If you're a visitor with us today, mission communities is how we've shaped what were our home groups. And we've turned them around and from looking inward to look outward. And a lot of what we do goes outward from our small group meetings. And in our mission communities, we're doing great work. It's great reaching out. And we're seeing fruit, aren't we? Amazing. I mean, I heard the story from your group last week. Just amazing. Guy goes along for the first time and ends up giving his life to Jesus. Amazing. But if we allow this depth of love that the Holy Spirit can bring into our lives, into our mission communities, if we seek and develop to fan into flames that love for the lost, If we seek God's heart for those who don't yet know him, it will will transform the way we do things. We might be doing the same things, but actually there'll be a power in it. Some of the very practical ideas that we're having are fantastic. And, uh, yeah, go on, get on with it. It's fantastic. But let's infuse that and infuse it as well with the love of God permeating through our lives because of the Holy Spirit at work in us. It really will transform the way we do things. In fact, if we allow the Holy Spirit to work this love into us, it will transform the way we love God. It will transform the way we love each other. And it will transform the way we love the lost. It's very practical, isn't it? Very powerful. It's not a gooey type of love at all. But it's a love that can change the world. Just as Jesus' love changed the world when he hung on that cross. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love and self-discipline. If this morning you would like the Holy Spirit to increase in you the spirit of love and you are determined to fan that into flames in your life, then I know that God will meet you.